Truth and Transcendence. Brought to you by Yes, You Now with Catherine Llewellyn. Truth and Transcendence, Episode 89. Today I'm going to be talking about community. The book I'm going to refer to is The Different Drum by M. Scott Peck. Um, Scott Peck's more well-known book is The Road Less Travelled. He was writing in the 1980s, and actually this book was written in 1987. And at that time, there was a lot of conversation about community and togetherness and collaboration and so on, which was very compelling and very important, of course. And I felt to bring this back into our awareness now, because any leader today, one of the key challenges they're facing is how to create a sense of community in their organisation and also how to foster and contribute to and nourish community at home, in their local area where they live, in their local community, in whatever groups they're in. And this is always very important, I think we'll all agree, because humans are in fact a tribe creature. That is the way that we're built. We need our tribe, we need our community, and we need the satisfaction that comes from contributing to community and the nourishment that comes from participating and receiving in community. And over the last few years, we've had a a very unusual series of events occurrences, circumstances and experiences, which have had quite a strong effect on our sense of community and our experience of community. Some people would argue that in the years, it's now uh, early 2023 as I'm speaking, some people would argue that over the last three years, community has actually been um, flourishing and thriving in the sense that we've all banded together in the face or a supposed external attack from a virus. Some people would say that community has suffered as a result of people being isolated, uh, staying in their homes for extended periods of time, and so on and so forth. So I think there have been bits of both that have occurred. But the thing to me that I think that is unquestionable is there's been a massive shake-up and a, a massive um, challenge to our relationship with community. So today I'm just going to read to you a beautiful story that Scott Peck includes in at right at the beginning of his book. And the story is called The Rabbi's Gift. Now, as Scott Peck says, this is a story, perhaps it's a myth, and it has many versions. And even he doesn't quite know where he got the story from. But I have read this story many times to clients. I've read it myself many times. And every single time, I find it full of wisdom and and beauty. So here is the rabbi's gift. The story concerns a monastery that had fallen upon hard times. Once a great order, as a result of waves of anti-monastic persecution in the 17th and 18th centuries, and the rise of secularism in the 19th century, all its branch houses were lost, and it had become decimated to the extent that there were only five monks left in the decaying mother house, the abbot and four others, all over 70 in age. 
Clearly, it was a dying order. In the deep woods surrounding the monastery, there was a little hut that a rabbi from a nearby town occasionally used for a hermitage. Through their many years of prayer and contemplation, the old monks had become a bit psychic, so they could always sense when the rabbi was in his hermitage. The rabbi is in the woods, the rabbi is in the woods again, they would whisper to each other. As he agonised over the imminent death of his order, it occurred to the abbot at one such time to visit the hermitage and ask the rabbi if by some possible chance he could offer any advice that might save the monastery. The rabbi welcomed the abbot at his hut, but when the abbot explained the purpose of his visit, the rabbi could only commiserate with him. I know how it is, he exclaimed. The spirit has gone out of the people. It is the same in my town. Almost no one comes to the synagogue anymore. So the old abbot and the old rabbi wept together. Then they read parts of the Torah and quietly spoke of deep things. The time came when the abbot had to leave. They embraced each other. It has been a wonderful thing that we should meet after all these years, the abbot said but I have still failed in my purpose for coming here. Is there nothing you can tell me, no piece of advice you can give me that would help me save my dying order? No, I am sorry, the rabbi responded. I have no advice to give. The only thing I can tell you is that the Messiah is one of you. When the abbot returned to the monastery, his fellow monks gathered around him to ask, Well, what did the rabbi say? He couldn't help, the abbot answered. We just wept and read the Torah together. The only thing he did say just as I was leaving, it was something cryptic, was that the Messiah is one of us. I don't know what he meant. In the days and weeks and months that followed, the old monks pondered this and wondered whether there was any possible significance to the rabbi's words. The Messiah is one of us? Could he possibly have meant one of us monks here at the monastery? If that's the case, which one? Do you suppose he meant the abbot? Yes, if he meant anyone, he probably meant Father Abbot. He has been our leader for more than a generation. On the other hand, he might have meant Brother Thomas. Certainly Brother Thomas is a holy man. Everyone knows that Thomas is a man of light. Certainly he could not have meant Brother Elred. Elred gets crotchety at times, but come to think of it, Even though he is a thorn in people's sides, when you look back on it, Elred is virtually always right, often very right. Maybe the rabbi did mean Brother Elred. But surely not Brother Philip. Philip is so passive, a real nobody. But then, almost mysteriously, he has a gift for somehow always being there when you need him. He just magically appears by your side. Maybe Philip is the messiah. Of course the rabbi didn't mean me. He couldn't possibly have meant me. I'm just an ordinary person. Yet, supposing he did. Suppose I am the Messiah. Oh God, not me. I couldn't be that much for you, could I? As they contemplated in this manner, the old monks began to treat each other with extraordinary respect on the off chance that one among them might be the Messiah. And on the off, off chance that each monk himself might be the Messiah, 
they began to treat themselves with extraordinary respect. Because the forest in which it was situated was beautiful, it so happened that people still occasionally came to visit the monastery to picnic on its tiny lawn, to wander along some of its paths, even now and then to go into the dilapidated chapel to meditate. As they did so, without even being conscious of it, they sensed this aura of extraordinary respect that now began to surround the five old monks and seemed to radiate out from them and permeate the atmosphere of the place. There was something strangely attractive, even compelling about it. Hardly knowing why, they began to come back to the monastery more frequently to picnic, to play, to pray. They began to bring their friends to show them this special place and their friends brought their friends. Then it happened that some of the younger men who came to visit the monastery started to talk more and more with the old monks. After a while, one asked if he could join them. Then another, and another. So within a few years, the monastery had once again become a thriving order, and, thanks to the rabbi's gift, a vibrant centre of light and spirituality in the realm. That's the story of the rabbi's gift. And I have to tell you, I still to this day find it hard to read that out without bursting into tears, because I find it so deeply touching, that reminder, any one of us could be the Messiah. Any one of the people we encounter could be the Messiah. Can we embrace that and treat ourselves with that kind of respect? And can we treat others with that kind of respect? And when we do that, do we not attract into our orbit the people who are open and the people who are ready to hear that call of respect and connection and community? So I hope you enjoyed that story, The Rabbi's Gift, which was brought to me by Scott Peck in his book, The Different Drum. I'm going to put the link to The Different Drum in the show notes. And it's really a beautiful book to read. It was written in the late 80s, so it's a little bit dated, but still well worth the read. And in your relationships with your community, I invite you to see yourself and remember you may be the Messiah. You may be the person who is the major part of the solution. And each and every person you come into contact with could be the Messiah and could be the person who is intrinsic to being part of the solution. So thank you for listening. If you'd like to know more about my work, please go to yesyounow.today. I wish you a beautiful week full of community and respect and connection, and I look forward to seeing you next week. You've been listening to Truth and Transcendence the regular weekly podcast from Yes, You Now with Catherine Llewellyn. For more information, head to yesyounow.today forward slash podcast.